0: Welcome, everyone, to Celtic Preacher Podcast 32. And today we are going to be looking at loving people you don't like, loving enemies. I wonder if this is one of Jesus' most controversial teachings so many statements in this passage that just set off alarms. It's all so unreasonable. It's all so unworkable, impossible. Listen to this. This is Jesus teaching his disciples and, of course, us, the future disciples down throughout the ages. Luke 6, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. And then he says, bless those who mistreat you. And then he says, if someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek. Hmm. And then he says, if someone takes your coat, give them your undergarment. Give to everyone who asks. Well, I think upon first glance, upon first reading, I mean, if you're anything like me, it just sounds dangerous. It sounds naive. It sounds foolhardy, and it's almost like when you read this passage, you know, love your enemies and turn the other cheek, it's almost, like, it's almost like people could abuse others and somehow God would be okay with that, and yet we know that that's not right, right? We know from our previous teachings of Jesus that this is not Jesus' way. So how do we, how do we apply a passage like this? How do we look at a passage like this? Love your enemies. That's going to be our topic today. Loving people we don't like. Loving people who have betrayed us, who have hurt us, who have severely disappointed us. And I think that with these controversial passages, I think it is important to look at the context now it's always important to look at the context like who was Jesus talking to what, what what who were the original listeners context is very important but especially when you look at a passage where you have all sorts of red flags thinking this doesn't make any sense who was Jesus speaking to and who were these enemies that Jesus was referring to when he said, love your enemies. And then, of course, another question is this whole idea of taking off your coat and giving this person your undergarment. I mean, that doesn't even make sense to us. When was the last time that happened to you? Right? Never has anyone taken my coat. So, I mean, that doesn't even make sense. So let's just set it in the context before we can apply this teaching 2,000 years later. Who was he talking to? What's going on? Who were the enemies? Well, 2,000 years ago, the only people who would strike a person on the cheek would be a master to a slave or a soldier to a civilian. This was a common thing. Striking the cheek was a way That a master disciplined a slave or a servant. Now remember, Jesus lived during a time when slavery was common. And he also lived during a time of war. He lived in an occupied country. There would be soldiers on every corner. So, who would take your coat in Jesus' day? Well, it would be a soldier. It would be for extortion, taking advantage of a civilian. He's speaking to civilians. So when he gives this teaching, he's giving this teaching to people who are oppressed. They are suffering under cruel injustice. They're in an occupied land. The teaching is given to people who feel oppressed. They feel taken advantage of. And they lack power. They really truly have enemies. Now, he says to them all, his disciples and all the others that are listening in, love your enemies. Love your enemies. It's a teaching particular. For people who feel someone is taking advantage of them, someone's causing them pain and distress and harm. Now, many of us would say, Well, I really don't have enemies. And we may not. But we might be around people we strongly disagree with. Or we might. Most of us have had a bully in our life at one time or another, right? Some boss that's a bully. Most of us can relate to certain personalities that are just difficult for us to be around. Not necessarily an enemy, but someone you'd like to avoid. We might have someone in our life that we don't like. Or, here's another way to look at it. We might have someone in our life... um, that, that treats someone we love in an unkind way. So we might not have enemies, but we might have people that we find it inc- impossibly difficult to love. We might have people in our lives that don't affirm us, and we wish they would. That causes us pain. Some of us know what like it is to be lied to and betrayed. Some of us know what like it is to be overly corrected. Or we live with someone that's very critical. And year after year we've been criticised or ignored. There are bullies everywhere. They come in all shapes and sizes, all ages. And Jesus spent a lot of time teaching how to respond to someone who mistreats you. How to respond to someone who mistreats you. And he begins, surprisingly, with the command to love. Now, this word love is agape. There are about six words in New Testament Greek for the word love. New Testament Greek isn't like English, we have one word for love. I love chocolate. I love sunshine, I love you. It's all the same word. Uh, The original Greek is much more precise. The word agape is not romantic love. Agape is not liking someone. Agape isn't friendship or agreeing with someone. What it does mean is, is that agape love is wholehearted, Unreserved, unconditional desire for the well-being of another. That's all it means. I want what's best for you. That's what it means. If I agape you, if I love you, I want what is best for you. So I think that takes a lot of pressure off in some ways. So when Jesus is uh, telling us that we have to learn how to love, this has nothing to do with emotions. It's nothing to do with liking. I think this can take a lot of pressure off us because, quite frankly, there's going to be some people we will never, ever like. They're just hard for us to be around, right? I think think if you bring emotions into this, it'll trip us up. But if you take the word agape and use it the way that Jesus is is using it, which means not necessarily agreeing with someone not necessarily liking someone, but desiring the well-being of another, then you can love someone and not like them. You can love someone and totally disagree with them. You can love someone and disagree with their behavior, their lifestyle, their politics, their religion, their values, how they conduct themselves, because love, agape, is simply desiring the well-being of another. It's almost like, I don't, I don't wish you harm. I want what's best for you. Ultimately, I want what's God's best for you. This is, this is agape. he speaks here of agapeing, and he also speaks about a strange phrase. If someone slaps you on the cheek, if an enemy slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. Now, he doesn't teach be passive and do nothing here. Note that he gives Us something to do, which is turn the other cheek. So he doesn't teach, be passive and do nothing. This is a subtle teaching. It's more like he's teaching, don't become like the one who is mistreating you. You see, the natural first response for all of us is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Right? This is a common way. It's just getting even. I respond and like kind. You hurt me, I'll hurt you. You speak against me, I'll speak against you. You like me, I'll like you. You're good to me, I'll be good to you. This is the common way between people, uh, between individuals and countries and families and churches. This is how the world works. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. The news is filled with people living out this old ancient teaching An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth is violent, right? People die, obviously. The cycle carries on down throughout the generations. War after war, generation after generation, nobody really learning anything. And then Jesus comes along and says, you've heard it said for an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I'm giving you another way. Turn the other cheek. Now, that can sound initially an awful lot like just be a doormat and let people do whatever they want, which actually couldn't be further from the truth. Jesus doesn't teach do nothing. Jesus doesn't teach just ignore the problem. On the contrary, he says face it head on. Just don't become like the very one who's a problem to you. If you're being slapped, in other words, literally, and you turn the other cheek, you haven't turned away. You're still standing there. Now, he's not teaching, teaching, you know, ignore abuse. He's saying expose it. The whole teaching is on exposing abuse. It's like, don't become like the ones who are causing you trouble in the first place, right? Truth needs to be exposed or it flourishes. Turn the other cheek. It's a defiant move. And by the way, this is not a law. This is a principle. Jesus always gives us principles that we have to apply. And every situation is different. Maybe you could turn the other cheek. Maybe you, maybe the best thing to do is run a mile and never look back, Right? Turning the other cheek is just an example of one way to non-violently resist abuse. It's just one way. It's just one example. One example. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, again, this would be master to slave, soldier to civilian. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other. Defiant move. You're not backing down. You're not running away. You're finding other ways to assert yourself. That's the principle. So what he does as Jesus is that he gives the principle, but we have to work it out in our daily lives. That's where discernment's needed, right? Turn the other cheek, don't give in. But don't violently resist an evildoer. Don't become like the very one that is oppressing you. Find another way. Find another way. This is the way of Mandela, Gandhi, Martin Luther King. They all wanted change. They were certainly not passive. And they resisted the temptation to become like the ones who persecuted them. But this teaching isn't just for famous world leaders. This teaching isn't just for famous world leaders that, that, you know, this is a teaching that we get a chance to practice this every day. Anytime we get offended, we get a chance to practice this. Anytime we are offended, we have a choice how to live. From the smallest offence that might seem petty to other people, but it bugs us. We have a choice. To really, really hurtful offences, we get a choice, right? Could be something small, like someone disregards their idea. Or doesn't accept our contribution in some way. Or someone disagrees with a decision that we make it work. Or someone talks over us. Or someone talks at us. Very annoying, isn't it? Talking, someone talking over you or someone talking at you, they're all power moves. (laughs) It's all power move, it's all domination. Might be subtle, but it's all domination. Different ways of powering over. They're all opportunities to practice agape. And most of us have people in our lives that test our agape, don't they? Don't we? We have this. This is a common thing. You know, the temptation. The temptation is to live with the anger, live with the grievance, live with the disappointment, the unforgiveness, the resentment. That's the temptation. Rather than actively take on this new way of Jesus. You know, any time Jesus gives us a teaching, it's, it's not for God's sake. It's for us. If Jesus teaches us, love your enemies, then there's something in that that is good for us. It's not just a test for the sake of a test. And that applies to any of Jesus' principles. The temptation is to believe that we can somehow get away with living with grievance, anger, unforgiveness, and somehow it's not going to affect us. Because you know, after all, they don't deserve it anyway, and they're horrible people. That's the temptation. I think there's nothing that shows us our own helplessness and lack like forgiveness and loving someone we dislike. I mean, this is really not something that we can do on our own, nor does Jesus expect us to do it on our own. Because when we decide to move forward, when we decide to move toward freedom, in other words, like, I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of worrying about this. I'm tired of carrying this and this disappointments weigh me down. When we get tired of that and we decide to move forward into freedom and we want to be free from the burden of carrying anger or hurt or shame or whatever brokenness that we're carrying, whatever we're suffering from due to another's lack of care and love and respect, when we desire to move Toward freedom, even if it's just the tiniest, tiniest desire. God always, always meets us there and helps us step by step by step to live without anger. There's the prayer, there's the heart cry. I don't want to live with enemies, I don't want to live with anger, I don't want to live with resentment, I don't want to carry the burden of disappointment, betrayal, hurt. Help me agape, help me love the ones who have hurt me, that I might be set free to live a new life. There's the prayer. There's the prayer. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher, looking at the wisdom of Jesus, learning how to love our enemies in the 21st century. Join with me again next week for another episode.